Thank you for downloading this episode of AccuTrainee's Conversations in Law podcast with me, your host, Hobbs DeCoe. In this episode, I talked to Hamilton Capital Holdings Head of Legal and Compliance, Essan Hack, about his legal career and why he chose the in-house route. Essan completed his training contract at Slaughter and May before immediately moving in-house to Abbey National Treasury Services, and throughout his career, he has always focused on the financial sector. He moved to Deutsches Bank, RBS, Nomura, Citadel, Credit Suisse, Lending Block, CIBC Capital Markets, AlphaSwap, before joining Hamilton Capital Holdings. He's also an advisor and mentor to Ashurst's Fintech Legal Labs, an accelerator program for fintech startups. Thank you for joining me today, Sam. Uh, nice, to, nice to join you, Hobbs. Thank you very much. Now, before we sort of get into the, the meat of, of this podcast, I wanted to ask whether or not becoming sort of a, a general counsel and uh, conducting sort of an in-house career was always the plan uh, for you. No, it wasn't the plan at all, actually. It was almost a complete um, a complete accident. I can talk you through, you know, the career path, which is I, I used to work in media after I left university. And I did that for three or four years, actually. I used to work um, in ad- advertising sales. I used, to, I used to sell airtime and I used to work in magazine publishing. And uh, and then I gave it all up to go to to law college, not necessarily because I wanted to be a lawyer, but I just thought it'd be quite a good thing to do in terms of my training, training my brain. Tried to get a, did that, so did that for a couple of years, did the CP and LPC full time. Uh, tried to get a training contract in media, in a media law firms, uh, that, that didn't work. Um, did some other bits and pieces, and then my missus at the time, who's now my, my wife, uh, she was working at Credit Suisse, one of the big investment banks, and said, oh, why don't you see if you can get a, a job in a bank? Uh, you know, you might, as a paralegal, you know, it might, you might get paid a bit more and you might uh, find it, um, uh, you know, interesting as opposed to trying to paralegal in a law firm. So I thought, yeah, why not? Um, and I just basically hassled a load of recruiters for about three or four months and uh, got one interview at Abbey National Treasury and then uh, did the interview. And the, and the rest um, has kind of you know, flowed from there. So it wasn't a plan at all. It, 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 it's, it's never been, a, you know, I, I don't work in a, a particularly planned, meticulous planning way. Uh, a lot of it has been sort of accidental and I've ended up kind of taking the journey as far as, as, far as I can. So for me, it's uh, continuing to do things that uh, I find interesting and it's just, it's, it's ended up taking me on this road, I guess. And you mentioned earlier to me that uh, you started obviously a training contract at Slaughter and May and decided not to continue, I suppose we'll call it the more traditional route through to Mm. an associate there. What sort of was the main factor then in choosing to go back to Abbey National and and begin this sort of in-house career? Um, It's a good question. I mean, I think once you're in these places, you work out very quickly if they're for you or not. And the skills that you need in-house I think can be quite different to the skills you need in private practice so you can get really good private practice lawyers who would be terrible in-house I think you get really good in-house lawyers who'd be terrible in private practice and sometimes you'll get fine people that can do both and the ones that can do both I think you know it's probably a little bit more of them now these days it will switch from one to the other uh, you see a lot of kind of very senior in-houses now going into private practice uh, to get to, to you know do, do some some of the work in in, uh, in private practice for me you know, I loved Slaughter's as a trainee, but it just wasn't a place I thought I, I wanted to be at. Um, I'd already worked, remember, for kind of three or four years in a completely different industry. So I was a little bit older. I was about 31, 32, I think, when I qualified. So I had a better sense of what I enjoyed doing and what I thought I might be better at. So rather than kind of 
try and make it work in an environment which I thought wouldn't really work for me I thought actually you know what I'll go back in-house and, and maybe I'm better suited to in-house partly because of you know my personality my my kind of skill set at that point which I was still developing and I just thought I'd be better suited to it not everybody will make a decision that quickly I just thought yeah for me this is going to work properly so um so that's why I went back was there any sort of aspect of that more traditional route that you sort of miss out on or, or that you you regret having not not taken that path no not at all you know, I think with a, 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 a you know a career is an evolving thing, right? It's a journey. Mm. Uh, it's a bit of a cliche, but it is an evolving thing. So you, you know, you set out and embark on a career, and you work out what you could be good at and what you may not be so good at. And I think, you know, what you try and do is you try and focus on your strengths. Um, and for me, you know, from what I've seen uh, in in practice, you, you know, I was never really that great at kind of drafting documents and putting together you know, huge contracts uh, that that were that were kind of, you know, underpinning and, and documenting transactions. So I remember watching, you know, one of the first deals I worked on at Slaughter's and, you know, there were the commercial guys doing the deal and then they bring in the lawyer who was like some poor first year associate or something and then say, right, okay, this is the, this is the deal, blah, 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 blah. And then she'd run off and try and document, you know, a piece of the transaction, you know, in like five hours uh, with no information and I just thought oh god that doesn't that's not me at all I, I just thought at that point I'd much rather be one of the guys actually discussing the commercials of the deal uh, rather than going off and trying to document it so I so I so I think a lot of the training that I received still holds true today uh, I'm still in touch with quite a few people from Slaughter's actually it's an amazing tra- place to train but um, I, I, I don't think for me it was well I wasn't suited to it and 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 I think some of those skills in terms of the you know, contract drafting and putting together doc- reams and reams and reams of documentation never really been something that I've I've enjoyed massively. I enjoy the kind of commercials of things. I'm a very commercially minded lawyer. I'm more a risk manager, I'd say, than uh, you know a, a, a technical, massively technical lawyer. And people that know me over the years will will, will, will know that and see that. So um, uh, so I've kind of career-wise. As I say, it's been a bit of a journey, and I've and, and I've taken it as far as it can go. And I and there may be other things that might be coming along the, the, the you know the, the the path in a few years' time. Who knows? There may be kind of more business related. My boss here wants me to get more in, involved in kind of managing the business as opposed to uh, doing you know just the legal and compliance stuff. So um, I have I, I have no regrets whatsoever. Um, I think I would have failed in private practice because I just wasn't very well suited to life in that environment it's a very it's a very very difficult job that because you're having to also win business and um you know build up your client book so as well as doing all the technical stuff so it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a tough gig that one so you'd say then that the sort of role or the skills rather of the in-house lawyer they do vary quite a bit to those that a an associate or partner would need in a, in a law firm. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, like uh, the skills evolve as you evolve career-wise, right? So I've been doing this for you know a, a number of years now, twenty odd years. So the skills that I've got now are very different to the skills that I had, you know, when I was a when I was a is the negotiator at Abbey, and that's a, that's the same whether you're in practice or whether you're in um in 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 house. Uh, a, a lot of the stuff I do now is I would say not necessarily just legal. The, the larger part of my job now is kind of strategy, uh, mapping the regulatory strategy for the business, assessing bigger picture risks, 
uh, working out how to deal with those risks you know and uh, a whole bunch of kind of bigger picture reputational risk regulatory regulatory risk issues team management performance management you know strategizing for the department you know positioning the department in terms of where we want to be in relation to the firm and none of that stuff you'll do i'll be doing 20 years ago i think it's the same for an associate um at a law firm you know the, the work you do as an associate i think the first five six years you know maybe let's rephrase that the first two three years are all about the technical skills i think and just making sure that you're technically you know very 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 good and then you'll get a chance to develop the other skills such as, you know, winning business and client relationships, et cetera, et cetera, if you're deemed good enough by the firm to be able to do that. So, um, so I think in both uh, disciplines, there's a lot of evolving and broadening out and, in, in, and, and enhancing your skills. And you won't be able to survive in either if you don't um, have the ability or aptitude to want to do that. Because you can't, you, you know, some, you, 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 the careers and jobs evolve all the time. So if I look at some of the stuff I'm doing now, this wasn't work that I was doing years and years ago in banks, where you, you very, very much product specialists. Um, banks are very, very, you know, we need a, a, a lawyer to, to work on a very specific product that we're offering. And I think sometimes that can be damaging to people that, uh, that, that want to do a broader range of stuff. I, I, I made a point of moving away from product coverage. When I was in banking, I was an equities lawyer. I ran a big equities team at uh, one of the big investment banks. Um, and now, you know, my, 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 my range of work is completely different. Um, I don't do any equities work now. So does that make sense? Yes. So essentially, it's sort of as not, it's not just as the industry change, but as your role adapts and changes as you move up to a business, you're taking on different aspects of jobs. You're taking on different skills and you require sort of a wider knowledge base. And that's both the same if you were in a in a law firm to to in in house, but potentially there is more of a, a business focused um, in house. I think yeah, I mean I think um, yeah, that's probably right. I mean I'm I'm definitely part of the business. I'm part of the senior exec here, mm. and and um, you know I I have a view on on matters and and uh, issues that aren't strictly you know quote unquote legal. Um, so you know managing the legal risk is just one one part of my job i also look after the compliance team here which is a big part of the job and the, and the business is international um so um you, you can't really at this level be a a technically excellent lawyer without understanding the business and 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 um obviously that there is a thin line there's a there's a fine line sorry between kind of being part of the business and managing risk because the, the, the role of an in-house lawyer is to facilitate business and to manage risk and sometimes you have to tread that you know often viewed as kind of you know, the business protection prevention unit and all, all this kind of stuff you hear and and actually you know there is some i have sympathy for people that say that because obviously you know you're there to protect the business but also um, um you manage the risk and that's not that's not the easiest thing to do sometimes actually in-house and in terms of practice as well you know i'm sure that you in practice you have lots of clients that come up with really stupid ideas and your job in practice is sort of like say hang on a minute you know and that, that and, and, and the partners that are very very good at what they do are the ones that can always take on a kind of you know cliche but it's the kind of trusted advisor role um and uh you know give you a sense of kind of you know general risk management be it reputational as well as kind of legal so um i think that um you know that might be the lure for a lot of people who who move in house after a while and being in practice is to be closer to the business 
Um, and they don't really understand what they mean until they actually get into a firm where they can be close to the business. But I mean, my boss here is a, is a C CEO. So I'm, you know, uh, he's very, he's very open door sort of guy. So I can go and see him about anything, um, which, which I'm very lucky about actually, because in a big, bigger organization, you don't have that level of, um, uh, that level of interaction with someone running the business, unless you're, you know, a GC at a big bank or something like that, which was, uh, again, not, not part of my plan. Um, and so you obviously mentioned earlier that you you've had a very sort of evolving career and as part of that you've worked for a number of different companies mm. whereas most associates and partners they tend to stick with the law firm that they qualified in or maybe they'll move once or twice mm. uh, why do you think sort of your career you've you know moved businesses a lot more is that common oh, i don't know actually it's a good question i think some people will find the firm they really like and stay there for a long time for me it's always been about evolving so my career has been very much a kind of, oh, actually, oh, I can, I think I might be able to do this. So what's the next thing that I can continue to evolve and learn? So what I've done is I've taken a bit more of a risk in terms of when I've moved to different places and I've tried new, new things and worked in new firms. So I've, I had a long career in investment banking, maybe 16 years, and I got myself you know, quite a senior a quite a senior gig in investment banking, you know, on the senior management team, one of the big investment banks ran their equities team for a mere, you know, big, big job. And when I left there, I decided to deliberately do something else because I wanted to move away from being an equities lawyer in an investment bank. So that I think, you know, you have to <laughs> have a bit of a leap, take a leap of faith and have a bit of a risk appetite. Um, so I actually ended up moving into a fintech startup uh, which, you know, was a complete, for a lot of people, was very surprising. And people said, wow, that's very risky. But for me, you know, actually, I mean, after sort of 50, you know, so 18 years at that point, working in um, investment banking, I was financially comfortable. So I could probably take a bit of risk. Um, but I took that risk. And, uh, you know, that, that particular firm didn't work out. I then went for another firm. Uh, which uh, got affected quite massively by COVID and funding, but the, still the experience I was taking on was, was was instrumental in kind of you know giving me a different mindset maybe, and, and being sort of well suited to that kind of organisation. Um, and then I got involved with Ashurst as well. So so now I've kind of almost, I think relatively objectively successfully switched from, you know. Um, banking to, to 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 fintech i now work for a you know a global private equity firm they've got kind of 12 billion assets under management it's a big well capitalized firm with you know international interests in fintech and tmt and pharma and all kinds of stuff so now i'm doing something different as well um, so it, for me it's always about kind of doing things that are different and trying new things i don't really have a very clear i'll do this for five years so i tend to look at things you know, review things pretty quickly every kind of six months and work out where I'm at. Um, and um, for me, the, 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 the driver is to evolve, um, you know, professionally and continue to learn. Um, some firms will allow you to do that if you're there for a long time. Some firms won't. So it's kind of down to the individual as to what they want to do. And I, I think also a question of risk appetite. I know plenty of guys, you know, who would love to do something else. But lawyers are quite risk averse. I think sometimes yes. um, I think it's fair to say, and they, they 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 like to do what they know, and that's part partly because that's why they're lawyers, right? They you know they become very very good at specialists of certain things, um, but my mindset has evolved significantly um, in the last kind of ten years, especially 
in banks working on trading floors you know having that kind of level of interaction with the, the business which i've always really enjoyed so it for me it's been a natural evolve uh, evolving process and i do have a tendency to say right okay so what's next um so um that that's kind of uh that's that's that that might be a mindset thing which maybe makes me a little bit different to some of the other guys you speak to and girls who speak to on this podcast and so you you mentioned there that uh, sort of private uh, law firms you could use as an option to specialize do you think that in-house you have to keep a a broader knowledge base and sort of keep yourself open uh, to a variety of different aspects of law depends on what depends on where you work for sure so if you're going to if you're talking to a sole counsel mm. at, a, uh, at a at a firm you know that person is going to be doing everything it's going to be the lawyer doing everything a, a, a huge amount of general generalist work if you're talking to a um a, a derivatives lawyer in a, a an asset manager they can be doing a very very specific type of work so it kind of depends on the individual as to as to where they want to take their career um i'm at the stage now in my career where i've had a, a you know i'm probably the not the latter end of my career that maybe sounds like really old but you know I've, I've done a lot of time and i'm still evolving and actually one of the things that people keep on saying to me now is be more involved in the commercial side of things so for me that's quite interesting right because you know i've gone from specialist lawyer to more generalist lawyer um to now someone that's doing some legal and compliance but doing a lot more other other stuff and um you know the point i'm making is that particular path is one that i've kind of explored because i wanted to explore it um whereas some other someone else might think you know what i'm a specialist doing derivatives in an asset management i really like doing this i'm going to do it for a long time so i think it's it's again it's up to the individual as to what you want to get out of a out of a a career i think with me um i um did it it was deliberate it was deliberate i didn't want to be a, a product lawyer at a bank um and i was also you know a, a senior guy by that point and there was some risk uh, in terms of being a senior guy uh md kind of level at a bank um at, back three or four years ago because you know it's 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 a very it's not it's not the most stable of environments either so for me it was a good opportunity to kind of broaden out the skill set and, and and part of the driver was career longevity so um you know and you can see with the environment now that um some of the banks and some of the big firms are you know you know you're having to prove your worth so for me it's about kind of not proving your worth but just adding a lot of value to the process of as you evolve career-wise now we mentioned sort of near the beginning of this this episode that your main focus or your your main sort of decision in becoming an in-house lawyer was that you didn't want to be sort of that person drafting you know hundreds of contracts and things yeah how do you then today reach a decision of when to sort of just use your in-house team uh, or when to engage the services of a law firm? Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, it's a good question. So if there's kind of spe- if there's this kind of specialist area where I think if we didn't use a specialist law firm, uh, then we'd be exposing the business to some kind of risk. So I'll think of two kind of areas. One is employment law and uh one is kind of say data protection uh so data protection is a massive risk for the business uh that i work in because we have kind of you know user data we've got employee data and i know a little bit about gdpr generally but i don't know um 
you know, I wouldn't say I'm, I, I know much more about it now than I, than I did, but it's, it's definitely somewhere where I think actually for us to manage this risk properly as a firm, we probably need some specialists who know exactly what they're doing, especially at this stage in the firm's development where we're setting up all our processes and procedures. So rather than me kind of Google something and say, oh, okay, Google says I do this, that and the other, in that, in that respect, I'd rather go out and spend a little bit of cash, sp speak to people that really know what they're doing and, um, and justify the cost. Uh, the same for employment. You know, we've, uh, we're an interesting business in that we are uh, in a pandemic, we're five days a week uh, in an office. So I'm in an office five days a week with sort of, you know, um, it's a high growth business this. So when I started, there's about maybe three or four people. We've got now about 60, 70 people. Um, so um, uh, th that causes a lot of kind of employer liability issues uh, around our kind of COVID procedures and all that kind of stuff. Now that's not something I want to take a risk on particularly and do a Google search. So I want to talk to experts there and make sure I'm managing the risk properly for the business. Um, so for me, that kind of thing is a no brainer. And then other, other than that, that, you know, all of the lawyers that you're going to be working with now at this stage, I know quite a few of the, of the guys working in the city and, 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 and all that. And I think you, you know, the, te the, the technical kind of excellence is always going to be there. So you kind of work with people that you get on with and, um, uh, you think there's going to be some sort of synergy in terms of how you work. Um, I'm quite execution focused, so I like to get stuff done. Um, so when I'm when I'm looking at a law firm, I'll be looking at obviously there'll be the credentials. Are they what kind of you know what what kind of work are they doing in the same area? What kind of clients, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, you know track record and all that. You know we're working with a global law firm uh, uh, with us at the moment on this part of the project. Um, but a lot of it is going to be down to, you know, are they going to be able to deliver for me what I need? And and uh, in terms of the personality of the kind of, say, the lead partner, is that someone that I'm going to be able to work with? And uh, is that going to be a good relationship, a good a good working relationship? Because they're kind of an extension almost almost of our of the team, I would say. Um, and I, I like to work very collaborative, collaborative, I get my teeth in, collaborate with uh, with law firms as opposed to, um, it's for me, it's what involved process. So that 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 chemistry and that relationship has to be a very strong one for us to be able to get this uh, stuff done. So that's what I kind of look for. Um, is am I going to, you know, obviously, is it a good reputation? Do they know what they're doing? Uh, can they help us help me in different jurisdictions in these kind of product areas? And you know, essentially, can I work with them? Uh, and can I see this being a long-term relationship? Because I'm a. Uh, the other thing I should mention is, career-wise. I've been a relationship builder for, I guess, for a long time. And that's, that's really helped me um, over the years. Um, so um, the, 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 I, I kind of really get the value of kind of long-term relationships. So I have a lot of kind of long-term relationships with, uh, with, with people that I've maintained over the years. So that's very, that's very important, I think, especially for people kind of starting out their careers is to kind of value those relationships and make sure that you, you, know, you, you can put in and, and get out what you need. So we're talking about the factors that go into choosing that law firm that's representing you and working with you. We spoke to Dr. Catherine McGregor um, in a previous episode, and she mentioned that sort of some non-legal factors go into this decision. And one of them is the sort of diversity policy of that law firm. Is that a factor mm. that, that comes into consideration when you're choosing a law firm? Um, I think it is, uh, I, I like the firms to be diverse, 
again this is an individual mm. choice so if i'm being brutally honest i if it's a firm that's very very good at what they do and um i know that i'm going to be able to be well represented and they're a firm i can trust i'll be looking at that first remember you're talking to someone who's a uh you know i'm an ethnic minority or i'm bengali by background so you know uh, what, the team here is very diverse um and i like the fact we have a diverse team but when we chose this law firm if i'm being honest i didn't say oh um let's look at your dni numbers actually it happens to be a very diverse firm which helped but i didn't look at that as 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 a as a factor in isolation from everything else it may have been something that may have um uh influenced me to a degree but it would be i would say very very minor i, I need i need law, law firms that can do a really good job for me and i can work with um now maybe if i'm talking to someone that you know doesn't understand or appreciate diversity and inclusion then they may not be the sort of lawyers that i want to work with anyway right mm. so that's more a kind of unconscious thing but it, i i would say it's more for me and again this is entirely personal um it's, that's not so much a conscious decision as maybe an unconscious one. So I know there's a lot of focus on it at the moment. I'm doing a lot of work with kind of mentoring, you know, um, ethnic minority trainees. And obviously in, in my position, I understand and appreciate that s some people just starting out their career, you know, might look at my career and go, okay, so how do I, as someone that's trodden this path for a while, how do you, how do I do the same? So I get all that as well. Um, but I don't know if it's a conscious or unconscious uh, decision actually um and when i'm choosing who to work with I, the one thing i would say actually hobbs is that is that i think it's very very you know it's pe people kind of do talk about they'll 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 they'll, they'll make kind of very kind of a blanket statement like oh there should be more uh ethnic uh minority minor, minority lawyers or, or or minorities in leadership roles and i completely agree with that but um you know i see plenty that there's not a huge amount of liquidity at this end of the market for those roles anyway. Mm. So I think getting those roles is, becomes much more difficult. Um, and um, yeah, you can you can sell out and go, I want a leadership role, but actually getting one is a different, <laughs> yeah. it's a completely different thing. And then you go, well, why not get this leadership role? And then, you know, there, there'll be plenty of examples where things may not have gone my way. And I, and I have, uh, you, you know, I, I haven't kind of thought, well, that's because of my, my, my background, my ethnic background. So I haven't focused on that. I think for the key to kind of having a successful career is focus to the extent you can on yourself, you know, and, um, and, 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 you know, it can be sometimes unhelpful to blame uh, kind of perceived uh, externalities. People have to be very careful about that, actually, um, especially uh, when they're starting out. Yeah, it's quite a fine line, I think, to walk between. It's very fine line. It's very tricky. Very tricky. Yeah, very tricky. So you've obviously been in-house uh, for well, pretty much all of your career now. Um, do you foresee a, a shock move back into a law firm in the future? No, no, no I don't at all. I mean, <laughs> the last two seconds, um, you know, I, again, for your, for your you know, listener group, it's, it, you know, I think people should focus on what they think they're good at. And uh, if you focus on what you think you're good at and what you enjoy, you're going to have a much better chance of um having a kind of fulfilling career my career has been a massive surprise to me if i'm being if i'm being honest uh, because that's because i've never really had this kind of as i said a clear plan it's been very much like okay i'm here now i'm doing this let's just see how far i can take it 
So, for, so, if, and I'm, I, I'd like to take feedback on, on, on what I'm doing. So if people will tend to say to me, oh, you know what, Ethan, you should think about doing this. And then if I have enough people sort of saying to me, oh, you should think about doing this, then I'll think, ah, oh, maybe I can do it. So for me, actually, you know, maybe I should be more, I should be better at kind of being more upfront about, yeah, you know, I can do this. I'm not, I'm, I, I, I like to sort of take feedback and I like to, um, to progress that way. No one's ever going to say to me, oh, Isan, you're going to be great in private practice. <laughs> so I'm never, so I'm never even going to think about doing it because it's just, it's just, it'd just be a, a waste of everyone's time. And I think I'd probably, I probably wouldn't enjoy it um, because the level of kind of interaction I have with the business, uh, especially in smaller firms, you, you're, you're part of the business. You know, I'm part, I'm part of the, the core part of the business here. And um, I really enjoy that. So even before we've gone to law firm, there'll be lots of internal debate and discussion and lots of really interesting things that, that, that the, the external law firms won't even see. Um, so I like that. So for me, you know, I don't, I don't know, I might end up doing more kind of a, more of a businessy type role, more of a commercial role, potentially, who knows. But uh, for the time being, I can't imagine me moving, moving in. I mean, I've got a lot of respect for uh, people that um, work in private practice. Um, and I think the skill sets as, as i said were very different i think now the kind of i think back in the day people think people used to think maybe it was a nice easy gig you know like a you're working in-house you know you don't do very much all quite sleepy i think now is uh, is very very different you get lots of very very good lawyers uh, who know really know this stuff um you know working in-house uh, and um talk to any private practice lawyer i think who who, who understands how this works will kind of point out that the skill sets you need are very very different are very very different and um you're a lot you're a lot of you're more exposed to you know um to, to to the business and you either love that and thrive in it or hate it i i really enjoy it i have to say i really enjoy it so so you know that's a word to the wise for all your listeners um you know is just focus on what you're good at focus on what you think you're going to be good at focus on what you think you're going to enjoy play to your strengths and work out what your strengths are as you go along um your 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 career I suppose an in-house lawyer gets the, the benefit of actually seeing their hard work come to fruition, whereas the sort of law firm, they come in, they do their bit, and then they move on. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you, you, you know, I quite like building things out and, and um, create, creating things. So here I'm kind of creating, uh, you know, um, a team, a coverage model, a global team, a global coverage model, and building something out um, where there's some sort of value or meaning to it for uh, two or three years. Now, I'm not saying as you're as a private practice, when you're working for a client, it's not hugely satisfying to see a project completed. Um, but like you say, then you move on to the next project. Whereas, you know, here you can really go on a on a proper journey and and see something, you know, built and created from nothing in some in some in, in some uh, some ways. So. Um, you know, there's nothing worse, I think, if you're you know, in private practice and you get a call from someone at the weekend saying, right, we just need this done very, very quickly and you just do it. And then, you know, uh, it just disappears into the ether potentially. Um, so I think, but, but having said that, though, you know, as well, some people love that. So, um, you know, and some people you know, live for that and, and, and the energy and the, uh, and, and, and the enjoyment they get out of kind of helping clients out and getting clients to the right position wherever they want to be in terms of the transaction or advisory or whatever else it is, is very, very satisfying. I think it depends again on the kind of individual and what, what you really want to see yourself doing in a few 
year's time and 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 which bits of 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 each you really like doing obviously it's more difficult if you're in practice because you know you'd only ever get a sense of what it's like to be in house if you do a get to do a secondment or something like that which is a bit more difficult and a lot of people take the plunge and and, and work out they really enjoy it um i think um the jobs are quite demanding um now in house so I, I i don't think it's particularly sleepy for uh for for for, for some people in smaller firms um so again it's it's um it's an in, it's an interesting one I, I i don't know i i you're you're very well, i'm very close to the business here but then again that's because yeah you know, my level i'm i'm part of the business i might not be this close to the business if i was a you know two year two year qualified lawyer working in a big bank um not all of the business so um you know so this is a bit that i quite enjoy i think a lot of people at my level so we really enjoy the strategy stuff and i really enjoy all that sort of stuff i have to say it's good fun. Yes. Now, so we've sort of mentioned briefly, you know, the you know, law firm, your associate gets the call at the weekend and, you know, or the crack of dawn and asks to join a call or work on, on something. Is it then true, because I know I've been guilty of saying it a number of times, that sort of an in-house lawyer does have that better work-life balance? I don't, it depends on what you're working on, right? If you're working on some massive transactions, on big project finance transaction for kind of six months where the hours are just killer, or securitization or something like that, then you're in your practice or, you know, some sort of transaction based, high pressure, high volume transaction based work, then your hours, I think are going to be pretty, pretty long. And, uh, you know, and I think the difference is that you're on call for clients. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Um, It kind of depends on how demanding your role is in house. I'm on call every weekend or weekend. Um, So, you know, I do so I can compartmentalize and switch off, but I'm kind of used to working hours where my weekends are disrupted because, uh, you know, one of the big banks I worked at Namura, we used to do quite a lot of transactional work with corporates and, and, and uh, a lot of those corporates were in the Middle East. So they'd be asking for calls at Sunday and Saturdays and things like that. So you can, have, I think it's as, it can be as disruptive. I don't think, it depends on what you do as well and where you're working, right? So I work in a very, very fast paced environment where the hours are quite long it's very very rewarding but i wouldn't say that you know my work-life balance uh at the moment is a nine to five gig i just don't think this is the sort of gig where you want a you're going to be if you want a, a nine to five gig then this isn't the sort of place for that for that person right but yeah you could go to a to a to, to a, an in-house uh department and have a much steadier pace of life so I think in, so I think it very much depends on where you are, what you're working, the fir- kind of firm you're working for, the kind of level you are maybe, um, and um, uh, you know in some cases I think it is it, it is very um, it is very different. I, I know guys who are, who who have a you know a, a, a far better work life balance than me, um, but the environments they work in are very different, and I've again you know the the, the sort of recurring theme of this i guess is that it kind of depends on the um you know on the uh, on the individual you know the individual is 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 key you know this is for for for, for people to work out as they as they progress what they like doing and a lot of people will say to me god you you know you do pretty crazy hours and i say yeah i do i do quite you know my hours are pro- probably kind of 8 to a half 8 uh, every day all the way through no breaks that's quite intense right and at the end of the day so no breaks um at the end of the day people go well that's 
that's a proper day. And I, and I, and I say, yeah, it's a proper day, but actually funny enough, because I'm doing something at the moment, which is we're kind of building something out. I'm enjoying it. So, um, you know, it kind of depends on what, um, what you enjoy doing. I wouldn't say that for jobs like mine, they're particularly chilled out jobs because you're doing everything you're firefighting you're kind of strategizing you're doing all kinds of stuff it's, and it's it's and it's you know but, but that's part of why you're doing it i i guess is because i want to continue evolving so i'd never say turn around to you hobbs and say oh you know what i'm yeah i'm look at me i'm the man i'm the finished article no because we're not we're always you know we're all everyone's evolving everyone's learning all the time i'm learning a load of stuff here which i do which i which i wasn't learning five six years ago so for me, it makes it um, that process is about kind of self evolvement It's about evolution. So for me, it's about kind of, you know, going on that and, 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 and embracing those kind of new things that you, you, you know, you, you haven't done before and saying, OK, well, you know what, let's let's give it a go and let's see how it goes. So um, the work life balance can be a bit skewed for both, I think. But, you know, if you're working on those kind of securitization or, you, you know, some of the, you know, you know big private equity deals or whatever, the, the hours can be savage uh, in private practice. Um, but I mean, you know, uh, that's probably why you're doing it because you enjoy that, you know, um, help, helping out clients and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the international challenge of getting some of these very complex transactions over the line. I think transactional work is, is probably the most, uh, you know, uh, disruptive in terms of your, um, in terms of your time, I would say. So do you think that an, an in-house lawyer and a sort of in-house career, you have more opportunities to sort of personalise it to what it is that you want? So if you are particularly interested in um, sort of that sort of intense hours and that sort of high-end level of work, or if you wanted something that was more nine to five, you have more opportunity to do that in-house than you would do um, in a law firm. Um, I think it depends, really. Um, I don't think there's a straight answer to that. Um, I, I think, uh, it kind of depends on where you've ended up. Uh, I think in-house careers are sort of, I think both the careers are now quite different in terms of how you navigate them. I think, um, law firms now are probably a, a bit more transparent for, for their lawyers that join in terms of what the career paths are. So what's the, what's the track to partnership? I think those conversations happen very quickly now uh from 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 what i understand compared to how they used to be a few years back so you can probably try and shape what you want to do and you can probably have those conversations with your bosses you know relatively quickly the same is true for in-house so in-house uh if you career paths a bit more difficult to, to navigate i think there's less of a linear i had a very linear career in banking and then i left banking and now i've ended up doing something completely different so the career has kind of got, gone off in, in a different direction I've ended up with probably a bigger role than I would have had in like, had, I, had I stayed in banking, but arguably in terms of what I'm doing now. Um, but you know, you're only going to in any in both those scenarios, you're only going to be able to do what you want if you have someone that's going to sponsor you or be receptive to what you want. So you know, if you're trying to say I want to get involved in these projects and I want to shape my career this way, and your bosses or your bosses are generally supportive then great. Um, but in both both in-house and practice, you won't be able to get anywhere with those conversations if people aren't supportive to you. Um, and that can be quite tricky, uh, which is one, one of the reasons why people move, actually, you know, uh, it, which is, you know, the platform might be 
might be not the one you want or you might want to go off and branch off you want to you know go and work with a firm with a slightly different platform you can build out your own bit of business or you can build out your own profile you know people will leave firms not necessarily because the firms aren't right in all cases but sometimes because the bosses aren't right um yeah we see that all the time i've seen a lot of that for a lot of my peers for example so um i don't think it's i, I don't think it's uh, easier to do in one or the other i think uh, you know it depends on a lot of circumstances at the time and sometimes you know the the the, the you know the um uh the uh stars can align and you can end up uh, you know on this kind of run of of luck and it's like anything you know luck you need luck you need judgment you need hard work a combination of factors to, to to get you to where you need to be you, you it tends to be some things in in your control and sometimes things just happen you know um fortuitously so i, d I wouldn't say it's more difficult than one or the other i think the, you know my advice to, to to your listener group is to have a good sense of you know why you're doing what you're doing and what you want to be doing earlier on and try and have those conversations early early on um because if you just think oh, i'm just gonna work hard and work hard and work hard and someone's gonna take notice unfortunately um that doesn't always work out uh you know life's not like that <laughs> so you know you could be doing you know like the most amazing bit of work and and if no one's taking any notice then no one's taking any notice so it's up to your you almost to kind of go off and make sure that you're building raising your profile you do it in a nice way obviously and you know you, you don't be too ag aggressive about it um and if you've got the kind of you know uh, people like me are supposed to spot you know uh people that are really good at what they do and you know nurture careers and build careers and build talent so you know th that's that's what the likes of me do so um but you're also i, I always say to my teams you know i'm not a mind reader um and if you really want to go for something then you know you need to go for it and, and come and talk to me about it and then and then i'll see what i can do in terms of supporting you and i've that's that's how i've always been i like to support people with a career journey so i think it's not particularly i wouldn't say it's easier in, in, in one or the other i think both are quite complicated now both are quite tricky and both subject to a lot of things that are very difficult to plan for i mean you know covid for, for example um will be a good example of that right yeah everything's going tickety boo if you're working at a law firm you know or in the house and then suddenly you know there's a restructuring because your business has disappeared because of covid so you know i think um th th that it's 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 not easy one or the other i think i think it's it's it depends on how you decide to proactively kind of manage your career um i mean i say i'll kind of act the accidental lawyer but there, there has been a method to my madness in terms of the, the later kind of say 10 years in my career there's been a, a, a not a kind of defined plan but there's been a plan um especially the last kind of three or four years which was to get me out of a bank get me out of being a product guy i want to do a broader range of stuff um and i've been lucky i've been able to do that well, i think that's a, a good place to, to bring things to a close but before we go i do have a final question that i like to ask all of my guests which is probably gonna be quite difficult for you to answer given your your dedication to the in-house route but if that wasn't an option available to you today and you were pursuing a training contract, is there a law firm that you would choose to apply to and, and why? Oh dear, I mean, there's so many good ones. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I trained at Slaughter's, what, 2001, I think. Um, and um, 
I still remember a lot of the uh, things that I learned there. Um, it was a, an incredible firm to train at. Incredible. Uh, some of the lawyers were incredible. Um, so I would say slaughters. <laughs> Even though I don't know anything about the firm. No, I would say, I mean, you know, there's you know, all of these firms that you know, give incredible training. The ones that, you know, actually for someone like me, I'd say, if you, you know, look at the DNI and, and look at how they kind of, um, uh, you, you know, approach the, the numbers there and the, the, the programs they might have uh, for, for, for DNI, I think that's very important these days. So any firm that kind of supports that um, and, uh, you know, look, working with a, a big mix of people, a different mix of people can only be beneficial, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I, any, any firms that support that and obviously you're very good at what they do. I, there's a ton of really good firms out there to, 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 to choose from, I'd say. Culture is very important, right? Mm. It's got to be a place that you're going to enjoy. Yeah, um, so, you know, think about whether it's a good fit for you and um, whether you think you'd be a good fit for them. Um, and uh, yeah, the best of best of luck to all your uh, your 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 listeners as well on that on that journey. Well, thank you very much, and on their behalf, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a pleasure, and uh, nice to chat to you. And um, take it easy. Yes, you too. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Conversations in Law. If you'd like to support me and the show, please rate it five stars on the iTunes Store and follow the show on your podcast app. If you would like more information about this episode and any other episode, then take a look at the trainee blog on the AccuTrainee website. That's www.accutrainee.com. Thanks for listening.